I'm Mike Simmons, and this is the Yearbook Wise Podcast. Well, hey, friends, uh, it's awesome to be back with you, and uh, I'm just going to come right out with it. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, I'm going to be on my way to Hawaii. I said in the uh, first episode of the year that uh, one of my New Year's book resolutions was to uh, to try to do a little bit better with the self-care, and um, my wife and I, having not really done much to celebrate our 40th birthdays uh, last May and June, uh, respectively, we decided to uh, take advantage of a midwinter break that our school district has, and uh, we are going to be winging our way to Oahu for a week, uh, during which I have promised that I won't even try to remember how to spell yearbook. Uh, it's going to be a, a great break and a great time. I wanted to get this podcast episode out to you uh, before I head out, and I got to tell you, this is... Um, this is a really, really special episode uh, to me. You're going to hear uh, from Caroline Dixon, the current uh, EIC editor-in-chief at the Tigrium Yearbook at Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy down in Florida. And um, Caroline was a, a junior member of the staff that produced one of my favorite books of, uh, of the 2018 class uh, under the uh, advising of Sarah Tricano. Uh, who's just one of the best in the business. Uh, the kids down at Holy Trinity, um, they, uh, well, Caroline called it, or, or shared with me, I should say, in the interview, that uh, other people have called it a, a coffee table book. And uh, I've got to tell you, I, I couldn't agree more. It's got clean lines, uh, beautiful typography, incredible coverage uh, from two separate uh, campuses, an upper school and a lower school that are uh, 25 miles apart. Uh, we take a deep dive in this episode, unpacking um, everything that went into uh, established in 1957, which was the theme of last year's book, uh, a preview of things to come. It's a 60th uh, anniversary book, and uh, that uh, was, was central to our discussion um, as was quite a bit more. Uh, before I dive in too deeply, uh, those of you listening at home, you're going to want to maybe listen to this twice or, or listen to it, uh, maybe hit pause until you can get to a web browser, uh, actually, because uh, Sarah and her staff uh, were generous enough to give you access to the entire book's uh, slides uh, via PDF at a Dropbox link that I'm about to give to you. Uh, so Sarah, Caroline, uh, the crew down at HTEA, if you guys are listening, thank you so much for sharing so generously uh, of your book to the uh, YearbookWise audience. Uh, audience members, uh, here comes a web link. It's a Dropbox uh, link through tinyurl.com. tinyurl.com slash YBKPODS2E4. That's YearbookPod Season 2, Episode 4. So again, tinyurl.com slash YBKPODS2E4. YearbookPod Season 2, Episode 4. If you go there, you'll see it'll open a share link uh, into one of my Dropbox folders, and uh, from there, you'll be able to access uh, Tigrium 2018. Uh, just a preview of things to come. We talk about uh, whole book links, uh, coverage devices that the staff used uh, on nearly all of their coverage spreads to feature uh, more students than just in their general coverage. Uh, Caroline speaks uh, wonderfully to content-driven design and not getting stuck on templates. Uh, as I mentioned already, it's a beautiful uh, typography-based book. They uh, feature numbers prominently uh, right from the outset on the cover. We talk about crowdsourcing content and photos, how to handle an anniversary book, uh, how to develop great current events coverage, uh, how to honor your seniors uh, appropriately and not lay it on too thick. It's uh, it's just a, a master class in uh, the development of a yearbook, and uh, I'm so pleased to bring it to you as another How They Do That episode of the Yearbook Wise podcast. Uh, on the back end, there's not going to be any outro, uh, so I'll just say it now. If you want to be in touch, you can email me at iteachyearbook at gmail.com. Certainly, as ever, you can find the podcast at yearbookwise on Twitter. That's at yearbook, W-H-Y-S. And uh, we'll be back with you in early March uh, with our next episodes. Uh, for now, I'll be uh, wheels up to Oahu. I wish you all well. And, and I will say... Um, 
all joking about vacation aside, um, I've been mindful of a lot of the Facebook groups and the chatter uh, back and forth between advisors um, dealing with deadline struggles and, and the long haul uh, or the march to the, uh, to the final deadline. Uh, I want to assure you, I've been doing this for 18 years and uh, I'm struggling right now. Uh, we missed a deadline and uh, we um, have, because of our really weird um, schedule and our midterms uh, in January, since Christmas, uh, we will have missed uh, an entire month of school uh, before our final deadline. Uh, four weeks of, of non-productivity uh, you know, in the lab that, uh, that we've got to fight back against. So I'm right there with you in the trenches, and uh, I just encourage you all to hang in there and uh, to remember that your mental health advisors and, and students, if you're listening, your mental health as well um, comes first. Uh, and that's not to say that deadlines don't matter and the job doesn't need to get done, but please take good care of each other and, and recognize the moments when you've got to have a dance party or break out some popcorn or bring the staff ice cream sandwiches like my editors did last Friday uh, as a thank you for their hard work. Uh, certainly, you've got to focus in, but you've got to take good care of each other and of yourselves. Uh, without further ado, friends, uh, I'm waving at you from Oahu, but uh, here's our conversation with Caroline Dixon from Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy. Caroline, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. It's it's the weekend. It's a three-day. Um, I uh, Just as we were warming up here, I shared with you, we are on the front edge of about a 20-inch um, snowstorm. So my uh, my children are pretty excited to get out and go sledding later tonight. Um, do you have much going on this weekend? you got school stuff at all? or? Uh, just, you know, normal homework. That's basically it. Got it. Tell me a little bit about, you're, you're obviously a yearbook kid. Um, what else keeps you busy at school? Uh, well... Yeah, yearbook's a big part of it, but um, I also play tennis and okay. part of like a lot of different um, honor societies and clubs and okay. things like that, so that keeps me busy. Tell me a little bit about uh, Holy Trinity um, and, and the fact you, you had shared with me you're on two different campuses and it's pre-K all the way through seniors in high school, right? Yeah, we're, um, it's a relatively small school, but the two campuses are like 25 miles apart. We're in Melbourne, and they're down in, I think, West Melbourne. And, um, you know, it's like, I think, 800 kids, somewhere around there. And it's just like a really, it's like a school where you know everybody. And especially being in a yearbook, it's like really easy to know everybody because, you know, you see them spreads and you automatically know who they are. So it's a really tight campus. It's a really nice place to be. I've been there since seventh grade, and I've loved every minute of it. It really looks like a special place, um, just judging from from the book, which we'll we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, it strikes me you had shared previously um, your staff does cover both campuses, right? Yeah, we do. So talk to me a little bit about how you cover. I mean, a I've heard from high school staffs before that say covering little kids can be uh, at the same time both like delightful and challenging, um, but they're quite a ways away from your campus. So how do you accomplish all of that? How do you get your photography? How do you do your coverage and things? Um, well, it's, you know, the lower school, since it's so far away, it's always a challenge, but we, it's usually the cutest pages like in the yearbook. And, um, Absolutely. you know, since we're far, sometimes like the editor last year, Sydney, she would always go down there like certain days and like take all the spreads that had those like interviews on them that we needed. And she would go around and find all those kids and like write down on the interviews, like on the actual page, print it out. And then when she would come back the next day, she'd give them to the people and they would be able to like easily put them in. So that's one way we do it. Or uh, sometimes we email the teachers with a picture of the picture that they're in and questions. And we have them ask the student those questions and then we can get them that way. But sometimes that can be a little harder because, you know, it's hard to respond to emails all the time. So usually right. we have like photographers and yearbook kids go down there and ask the questions to the kids directly and usually gets us the uh, good interviews. Do you do like lower school? Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm hearing you quite correctly, but is it kind of like an expedition? Like you'll say, hey, next Wednesday, we're going to go and we're going to invest some time in being there for like two or three hours or does it not work that way? Does that make sense? Can you like take a field trip and like park there for a while and, and do a bunch and then go back like two weeks later or is it actually more frequent than that? Um, well, I personally haven't been down there yet because we haven't had a lot of like lower school coverage pages, but um, okay. our advisor, Mishkana, went down, I think yesterday, I think it was, 
to get some of those interviews. And um, uh, our advisor, our editor last year went down a couple of times, but usually like towards the deadlines, it's when people go more frequently because we need like those interviews quicker. Um, And it's usually like a all day thing. So you just have to miss a day of school to get these interviews, but it's usually not that big of a deal. So no, that makes a lot of like efficient um, sense. Um, you said there's about 800 kids through the school. Is that through both campuses? No, it's just the upper school. Just the upper school. And about how many people are on the um, Tigrium staff? Your, your book is called the Tigrium. This year, I think we have a little bit more than usual. It's like 20 something, somewhere around that range. And do you meet every day as a class? Yeah, there's, well, actually this year it's new. We have a third period and a fourth period. And the junior high kids are in the third period, and then the high school kids are in the fourth period. But usually up until now, it's been always fourth period. So it's kind of new this year. And do editors only come from the high school staff, and, and you, you serve uh, and, and coordinate and facilitate the junior high kids as well, or is it split up differently? Well, I don't come in during third period, so Ms. Chicano kind of takes over that. But she, okay. if they need me, they'll stay during fourth because our fourth period is the junior high's lunch. So that's kind of convenient sometimes, and I can yeah, like help them definitely. out with whatever they need during that time. And do you do any work after schools in, in any kind of organized or consistent manner? Um, well, that's the great thing about our staff, actually, is like towards deadlines, if they don't have their content, they'll stay after school and they'll put it all in. Or they'll like stay during lunch and put it all in. But usually, um, me as like the editor, I kind of I, I can stay after school, and that helps me like with talking to Mr. Cano and uh, working things out like that. But if not, I'll come home and I have like I have um, all the files and everything on my computer at home, so I can work on it at home or wherever I'm going, which really helps out. And do you design, you guys print with Balfour, um, mm-hmm. and they print the book, I think, at the printing plant down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, do you all make use of an online designer, or is this all done in InDesign? It's all done in InDesign. It's beautiful. And and talk to me a little bit about your photography. I'm always jealous of the Florida and California schools. Um, right now in Corning, it's been gray outside, like overcast for like three weeks. Um, and <laughs> that's just what we get. But uh, is, is most or all of the photography from your staff? Yeah, actually we have a, um, Mr. Connor is actually the head of the photography classes and we have a couple periods. I think it's, there's two periods and um, we have a bunch of photography kids and there's anywhere from photo one to AP photo. And okay. if you look, look through the book, all the photo buys are mostly from students. So they get credit for like going to like sporting events or like pep rallies or things in school. And that's how they get their like grade. And right. so that really helps us out because we um, we have DSP, which also helps take some of the pictures like at sporting events and stuff. So if we need to, we'll use those. But we mostly like to use student-taken photography to like show off how great our students are. Yeah, and they they really are. Um, this is I, I got to tell you, Caroline. This book when it came in the mail uh, is one of my favorite books of last year. I, I offer you all sorts of congratulations uh, because it's it's beautiful. It's timely. The coverage from the adorable pre-K kids all the way up through uh, is just—it's just outstanding. Uh, and, I, and I hope that. Uh, well, maybe you can share with the audience on the podcast a little bit. Was it was it pretty well received uh, by the school and community? Yeah, I mean, usually it is. Um, you know, we're a small school, and they all usually most most people buy a book, and I don't think they go in like to detail and like notice all the little things because you know you're not in your book, so you don't know those kind of things. But overall, um, we get a lot of good feedback. And, you know, like after they're um, given out, uh, some kids come up and are like, oh, my God, your book is like so nice. And, you know, it feels good to hear that from like kids who don't like, you know, know all the things that go into it. And they just think like it's, you know, it's been called like a coffee table book because it looks so clean. And like it just we're really proud of it. Yeah, and and is uh, and forgive me, I'm I'm not familiar with a whole bunch of the books maybe that you would have had sophomore and freshman year and before then. Um, do you think that the 2018 uh, book follows uh, right in line with those previous books, or does this one stand out to you as a big step forward for your staff? Uh, well, this book I actually helped out on, um, like designing and things, and 
previous books I was like you know younger so I didn't really know a lot about what went into it so I kind of just did my pages and turned them in and that was it so this um, last year I really got to like see how everything was made and like all the decisions that were made and it was really cool to see that especially like seeing that before I became the editor so it kind of helped like a little pre like pre help you know kind of thing yeah and um, I think that this book is is a lot different just because it's like the 60th edition so we wanted to make it stand out and like make it look different and um, I think it definitely achieved that because we went for I think this was the first year that we did bigger margins so there was like bigger white space which kind of like made it more clean and like more like magazine kind of feel which is kind of what we go for and um, I just think it's like a really nice change I think from last year right right it's uh, it, it's beautiful, and you touched just briefly on there uh, as we dive in. Um, it was the 60th anniversary of the school, and um, when you guys say the theme out loud, do, do you say established 1957 or EST 1957? We say established 1957. Okay, I, I was I was imagining so. Um, by now, uh, I'm hoping audience members have um, signed into the Dropbox folder um, that I provided. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I was talking with Mr. Cano in the background, and I don't know if you know this, Caroline, but she agreed to share all of um, the digital slides uh, of the entire book uh, with our audience members. And I'm so grateful because they can see just what a stunner it is. Um, this is through and through a numbers book and a typography book. And um, I, I would love to, to get into it with you a little bit. Um, do you do you know were you involved in some of the early decision making or do you know the backstory on um, getting into established 1957 and, and how that became the theme statement? Um, well, me and the editor last year, Sydney, we were really good friends before like the whole yearbook editor thing came up. So like during the summer, mm-hmm. we got together and like tried to like think of some and like design some covers and some themes and everything. But um, they came up with the theme when they went to Denver over the summer, and I okay. wasn't there. But I think they called me a couple times, and I like, you know, got some of the scoop. But um, I wasn't there for most of it. But um, you know, I think it's just we during last no, the year before that the um, towards like finals, we always have this one big project where we create what next year's book we want it to look like. So I was right. in the group with Sydney, and our theme was, I think, 60, like just like the word 60. And mm-hmm. we kind of like made some things and like some templates and tried to design it a little bit more. But um, once they went to Denver, they kind of found this one inspiration, and they worked off of that, and it just came out until, uh, established 1957. Yeah, and and do you know any of the backstory with? Um, I talked to my, my my kids do a very similar. It sounds final project, a, a theme packet, or kind of a we do a, a mood board um, on on like poster board um, with the final five weeks of class uh, while we're waiting for the books to arrive. Um, they're out. I call it cool hunting, right? They're looking for design inspiration and thematic inspiration from advertising. Um, do you know much about where um, the typography came from? Were there examples that you guys found in modern designs, or did somebody stumble on it on, on Pinterest or in Vogue or something? Do you know where that came from? Well, the we have like this one font that we that's like really different than anything we've ever used. And it's called Zafani, and that's like the one that the word established on the cover is. Yeah, it's and, gorgeous. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's usually we do like a scripty font and like a just like a bland kind of one to go with it. And um, the editor last year, Sydney, when she was looking through, we had um, we had this one that was kind of it was a serif and it wasn't really like what we were going for. But then she found this font one night and she showed Mr. Kano and they both like fell in love with it. And, you know, they thought that it really went with everything like the and this cover is kind of like this negative space kind of thing. And they thought that the, the font really went with that because it has like the space in between and everything. And right that kind of like helped really design the all the typography and you know we went with the big big words and like the font kind of like goes off the page in most pages and that kind of was a big part of it because it's you know when it gets smaller to read it, when it gets smaller it's kind of harder to read so right. it was you know it's kind of part of the theme and it kind of goes with the cover because the, the numbers go off this the cover and so the words on the page go off too yeah, it, it holds together um, beautifully. Um, 
when I teach at, at workshops and camps uh, on theme design, I often talk with students about taking the spine of the book, uh, like on a, a table saw, like cutting the spine off. So you just have loose pages in your hands that aren't glued together and stitched together anymore. And you take, you know, five books that way, five different yearbooks, uh, just their pages, throw them all up in the air, you know, or put them through a tornado. And then you've got this pile of paper on the ground. Can you find the book and assemble it back together because of its typography or its use of color or any of the rest. And with established 1957, there is no doubt. I mean, this thing is consistent as heck. Um, and it, and it holds together. I, uh, you've got a copy there. I, I wanted to dive into the opening, um, because I, I love that you guys get right after, um, this is on page two, three, you get right after the fact that this is a numbers book. Um, and I think so often staves uh, really struggle to, um, I, I don't know, Caroline, if you're familiar with Charlie Brown's teacher that does the like, won't want, won't want, won't want on the television shows. But so many yearbook staffs write things about, you know, we all arrive at, you know, Millersville High School to become better versions of ourselves. And that, and it just sounds like stuff that could have been written in, you know, 1932 or 1978 or whatever. Um, but this, you know, we've been around for 60 years, but here's the thing. Two is just how many campuses. 99 is the number of seniors. The barcode on our ID that links us to one of four houses. It just, you're hitting all these number things. And then you jump in and say, but what matters are the people, not the numbers and kind of twist it and turn it right on its head. Because I've seen numbers books before and you're simultaneously laying claim to this is going to be a numbers book and you're going to see numbers all over the place, but you're emphasizing right from the outset that this is a people focused uh, book. And, and I just love that. Um, as we get into the the flow and, and the rest of the opening, you've got a nice timeline there on page four or five. Um, do you know much of what went into that kind of way back when research? You've got some of the older uh, photos and, you know, the alumni and, and all the rest of that. Were you scanning that uh, out of old yearbooks? Yeah, this page was actually a really tough one to put it all together. And um, just mainly because of the, all, all the old photos. But I remember right. the um, when they were like going through it, they had to go and like go to the library at the upper school and the lower school and find all these old yearbooks and scan them in and, you know, email all these like teachers and try to find their pictures and and it was just like a long process trying to get all these photos because, you know, they are from 1957 and <laughs> people don't just have those hanging around, you know, so they have to like look, right. and check and make sure that they can find them somewhere. Are there things that you did um, throughout the book to, um, is this where the time capsule is in the book or are there time elements um, throughout it for the 60-year anniversary? Did you guys decide to just front-load it and be done with it and move on with the, the 2018? Well, uh, specifically for, like, the school itself, this was mainly, like, our one, like, 60-year kind of page. But, um, right. like, for time in general, on every page or mostly every page, in the left-hand corner, there's a little, like, folio kind of thing. And we yep. decided that every page was going to have um, a f like a date from 1957 and have something that happened on that day in 1957, like that goes with like the page. So like for the, we have the Irma page for the hurricane. So on that page, it's about the Hurricane Audrey that was on June 27th, 1957. So that kind of had like tied in the whole 60 years with this, with like going with all the pages. Which I thought was yeah, really I'm just, idea. and I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here grinning ear to ear because I've been through this book a couple of times, and I, I didn't pick up on the connection 1957. I must have been really dense looking at it. I'm just grinning ear to ear here because Caroline, that's just that's awesome. The the Audrey one that you mentioned is on page 20. Um, I was uh, as you were explaining this, I was back on page 12. Um, where it talks about uh, November 25th and, and Fromer of, of Travel Guide uh, books. Uh, he published his first book, uh, Europe on $5 a day in 1957. That's absolutely brilliant. And, and, and this folio kind of kick on 1957 is partnered with this, this device, this coverage device that you use at the bottom margin of every spread. Um, I print with Herf Jones. You guys are with Balfour. None of that matters. In our language, we call that an ACD or an all-coverage device. Do you guys have a different name for, for that kind of tool? Oh, we called it a whole book link. 
Yeah, it, it does the same job. Exactly. What was the process by which you and the staff members that you worked with um, focused on those six kids in particular? And did you weigh up? Um, I don't know if you can flip to page 12 and, and 13 real quickly, but I'm still on 12. Pedro Gonzalez, uh, sophomore there, the first picture on the left-hand side. You know, did you did you chart uh, these these whole book link uh, profiles and quotes so that you knew that you didn't hit Pedro you know more than one time can you can you break that down for a staff that might want to try something like this yeah of course um, it was well firstly the editors decided that they wanted to do this for like the big 60 years so thought it would like tie in and get like all these kids in the book that maybe aren't on it as much as they you know should be because you know it's a yearbook and um, so what we did was we take all, we took all the kids in the school and we divided it um, to each like person in yearbook. So like everybody got like a like a group of kids, like I don't know, like seven to eight kids. And during lunch or whenever you could, you would go and find them. And we had like a list of questions, and each of the questions are like on a page. And we would ask them. They would get assigned to a, a couple questions, and you would ask that kid those questions, and then take a picture of them. And then um, we all put it in like in a folder. And then somebody went through and put all these pic- the pictures in the bottom, and then they would choose a question, and then they would put the questions in. So it was a long process, and you know, it was we had to go back and triple check and everything to make sure that like the there aren't more than the kid isn't on uh, multiple pages on the whole book link. So it, it took a lot of work, but it it's a really good idea that, to do if you need extra coverage for kids. Absolutely. And you dipped as low as it looks like seventh grade, just on a quick skim? Yeah. That sounds right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a, a little bit about um, how you approached other number topics. Uh, there's there's mods and, and coverage devices on page 37, six things to love. Um, were those pretty natural fits or did you guys invest a lot of, of brainstorming time in the, in the early development of the book saying, you know, we, we have to have one number mod every couple of spreads like how did you make sure that it was infused all the way through well as always the content dictates our spreads so um we start with the templates and you know no two templates are the same but if it like when we're going through if it could work then we would put it in so you know if it's not natural like if you there's no way to like put it in there we don't try to force it on because that just like you know would make it look unnatural so we tried to make it you know fit as well as it could and still look like it's part of the spread so we did that wherever we could and I think it really worked out for the best yeah it, it absolutely did and and as we're talking here I'm just um, flickering back and forth through um, different spreads I'll, I'll do this a little bit more slowly for the audience but way up on page 57 on the varsity football you do all in the numbers four eight seven and a massive shout out to whoever made the call to put the player uh Keyshawn Spencer in the number four like a really nice I I love what you just said about content um dictating I'm not sure if you said specifically content dictates design or I mean you're, you're thinking about what stories you're telling and and how you can do that to its best effect and not getting stuck in rigid templates saying you know these are the only two styles uh, or arrangements of content we can have in the athletics um, spreads. Uh, there was a what's in your bag that's on page, oh, the next spread on 59 uh, with a one, two, three, four. Um, you guys really, uh, really deliver on it all the way through. Um, there's a bunch more that I want to talk with you about, um, but I wanted to, to stop and highlight uh, crowdsourcing. And, and I'm not sure if, if you all call it that or there's a different, I mean, I don't want to overthink the, the language of it. But on page um, 1213 with Instagram and with your international students on page 3435, um, I think there's a Snapchat spread uh, deeper back in the book. But you guys really, yeah, I think it's on uh, 7475. You guys did an awesome job, um, and I want to lift it up, of reaching out to the student body and getting some of their digital life uh, documented. Uh, Obviously, I'm speaking most notably about the, the photography um, difficulties there at all, Caroline, or was it pretty straightforward to, to acquire and, and engage with your audience to 
get you know that content off of their phones? How did you do it? Are they emailing stuff? Are you airdropping? Can you break that down for a staff that that hasn't crowdsourced off phones before? Um, well, specifically on the summer page, I actually did the summer page last year, and every year we use we always do Instagram pictures from summer because that's just like the easiest way to get pictures from people because you know n- nobody follows them with a camera saying this is good for your book, so that's the easiest way to get the pictures. So we actually have a, a yearbook Instagram. It's called the Instatigrium. And um, we always say like, I think the student body knows now that if you tag your photos, hashtag HTYB and like the, this year will be HTYB 19, whatever year it is for the yearbook. Then if they tag that on their photos, then that's kind of like them giving us permission to use them in the yearbook. And so um, usually we get a lot of tags and we use those. And we just screenshot them and and um, edit them and put them in the in the page and you know most of them are high quality so they work and and um, it's just like a really good way to get some of those pictures that you wouldn't normally get with like student photography from like the class in the yearbook into the book which is really helpful for us definitely um do you have, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, and I recognize that you're not a spokesperson for the school, but it is a, it's a private Christian school, right? Mm-hmm. So do you have, in addition to Ms. Tricano, do you have um, a, a dean or a head of school that you all are answerable to for your content, or is it pretty hands-off? And I mean, with things like Instagram or social, do administrators at your school ever have to, again, you know, do they intervene or say, you know, you can't, you can't cover that topic? How, how does that go for you at, at, at uh, Holy Trinity? Well, we have a um, head of the upper school, and then we also have a president, which is like over both schools, the upper okay. and lower school. But um, usually, Ms. Connor is kind of, you know, she's know what she's doing, and she's like very versed in, you know, yearbook. So she pretty much knows what we can and can't put in there. And like, especially like with the current events, like all those kind of like touchy subjects, we kind of like, we put in like, you know, we just, what Mr. Connor says is always just put in the facts. So we try to stay true to that. And, you know, if there is like a problem that we, we think might be a problem, we always ask to make sure just because, you know, we can't really go back once we print it. So that really helps out. But usually we are pretty confident about our book and what's in it. Right, right. And and let's talk for, again, for the audience members, um, I've just jumped, and if you would, Caroline, to page 4041. Um, this is among the best uh, current events uh, coverage packages that I've seen um, out of last year's books and, and really in, in books overall, um, and is easily something that, that I can use in, in class as a teachable um, it's the first spread, uh, maybe for the audience, if you haven't spent much time with these slides yet, um, that's tipped sideways, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, but talk to me a, a little bit about how you and your classmates, um, I mean, how did, how did you acquire the photos? How did you localize it? It looks like you've paired um, each of these little news hits with a quote, which I'm assuming is how you bridged it into the school rather than just saying, you know, me too happened or the Sutherland shooting happened. You actually had some kind of engagement from one of your student body members. Can you unpack that a little bit, Caroline? Well, um, I think this is the first year that we did a current event sideways, actually. And um, what we try to do is um, we try to include students with each current event which is something that, that normally like doesn't really happen because you know they just kind of put like what happened and explain it and that's pretty much it but we like to get student coverage in there which again like the whole book link is extra coverage for kids who wouldn't maybe be in the book like in sports or something like that and um it's it was really i think it's one of the one of the most interesting spreads in the book because, you know, it's also, it's sideways and it's kind of different and it's nothing really like any other page, which, and, you know, it brings in the big numbers too, which helped re, like, you know, bring in our theme again. So I think it's a really interesting spread that, you know, I think really ties it together. And, and I know a lot of people um, in advisor land, uh, I think more and more staffs are doing this really well, but you know, you want to provide your audience uh, and your customers with a document and a historical record that's going to have meaning uh, and connection to 2017, 2018, you know, 
two two months from now, two years from now, 22 years from now. And so to be able to open up to this spread and say, oh, that was the Black Panther year, or that was the year that Me Too really hit the scene, or that was the year of all those wildfires. I think you guys have done just exemplary work here. Um, do you know, um, I, I would tie this, I, I guess, too, back to your index, if, if we can flash there for a second. Um, I gotta bring up the slide. But all the way in the back, um, you guys have some couple, couple quick hits. I'm talking uh, 248, 249, and, and beyond. Um, no quotes and journalistic content here from, from, again, from student voice, but just kind of quick hits of fiction and nonfiction reads and people with the most Instagram followers. Um, were you at all part of those conversations, or do you know a little bit about the development, or maybe you're doing this, and maybe you've done it every year? Is, is this a, a tradition for you guys that kind of benchmarks the year uh, with pop culture references and things like that? I think it is a tradition because, I, um, you know, it's if you look at the index, you know, most kids, well, you know, most kids would go in and just find their name and look at all the pages that they're on. But I think it's like, it's really interesting to have those kind of things that also, you know, just says like, this was the year, this was what, what like happened and this was what people liked. And it kind of breaks up like the long text, which really makes it interesting for the eye because, you know, just a bunch of text isn't really satisfying as much as seeing these like little boxes full of like, you know, the top apps and things like that, which really helps. Right. The, um, the idea of having uh, consumable content on, on every spread, something to read or something to engage with, I think is what you're highlighting there. And it's, uh, it, it's just awesome. Um, do you know much, or are you involved in this year in your role at EIC with um, indexing and, and the look of this index? Because I'm just while we're here, I'm on page uh, 254 uh, with the most watched. And, um, you know, I look at the science entry um, and then science fair, lower school, and then uh, Aislinn Scully and Shelby Sage, uh, and then you go senior day. You've got some really nice typographic hits in here that say, you know, this is a kid and this is an activity or coverage. Um, has that been part of your traditions? Is indexing a, a pretty, uh, is it something that you as a staff invest a lot of time in to get it right? Yes, actually. Um, it's usually the end of the year because that's when you know what all pages and all sure. the people are on. So this year we haven't uh, exactly started like the design of it yet, but um, we started. We have a Google Doc, and uh, whenever you fin, whenever the, the staffers finish a page, they they go onto that Google Doc, and if they have like, they write the name of all the kids that they have on all their pages, and they put the page number, which kind of helps like start off the indexing. But towards the end of the year, that's when we really like when all the pages are kind of done, and uh, this is when we really like get into it, and we we double check and triple check, and everybody on the staff does at least one or two checks. So we have 20 eyes checking three times to make sure that it's the most accurate it can be. Right. Now, I want to, um, I want to you're a senior this year, right? I am. Okay. So um, I want to put you on the spot a little bit because in advisor circles, uh, especially we've got a couple of the big Facebook groups, there's uh, lots of people who are podcast listeners who have been involved in conversations about senior quotes and senior wills and just kind of senior honors, superlatives, all of that in books. And as I was going through yours, um, I want to, and, and you can stop me if I, uh, if I get any of this wrong, but on page 160, 160, it looks like you started the class of 2018 um, senior portraits. And then you guys do an awesome job all the way through with little coverage packages. Um, so we've got this piece on uh, Carlo uh Campanini, it looks like, on uh, on 161. Um, is that the entire senior class too, by the way? It looks like, yeah, A to Z. Okay. So then 162, you've got favorite memories and the senior kind of panoramic photo. And then on 165, you've got kind of alternate senior uh, pictures. Are those, those are obviously submitted by the kids, but why do you have two portraits of everybody? What's the tradition there? Well, we always do the classic mugshot for every grade and the seniors, they get the, you know, the, the DSP, like suit and tie and kind of things. And those are, you know, always on the page. And then we always have the, fav the favorite memories with, with the, um, the group picture, which is taken like on the senior retreat day. And that kind of goes with like the favorite memories. And then 
we always have the senior, um, we always have like a pages full of the senior pictures, which can be taken by DSP or students. And then we also, okay. that's a way for like, you know, them to like list their, they list their activities underneath and, you know, all the sidebars on all of them. We have those for specifically seniors. It's just kind of something we do every year. And I think the students also really enjoy seeing them. And it's a little bit more, I would argue, probably a little bit more personal than the the uh, drape and tux uh, photos. Yeah. Um, back one page to 162, that's not a favorite memory from everybody, right? So is there any process by which you selected some and not others for that spread? Well, um, I didn't have any involvement last year, but this year, actually, I'm doing it kind of like right now. And what we do is uh, we send out like a senior survey for them to take, and it it includes like the baby photo and like you you put in your baby photo and put in like your senior picture and everything like that. And at the end, we have a bunch of questions. And one of the questions is what's your favorite memory along with all the questions on the senior pages. Like the next page is what would your life be like without your phone? So they answer those. And there's um, a bunch of different questions and they have to answer all of them. And so if one student decides they don't want to, that's why it doesn't get in here because they didn't put anything in so okay. we didn't have a favorite memory for them got it and as we progress through um you get all the way over to 177 um to the senior bios and it strikes me that the thing that you just mentioned about um answering all those questions is that is answering those questions the process that gives you all of this content for the senior bios as well yes actually that's part of it like they uh, have to input their senior quote and their senior bio along with like all those kind of pictures and that's how they get all those senior bios so if you don't put anything in then you don't have a senior bio and and again um putting you on the spot a little bit you said you're you're in this now you're also a senior you've been around long enough to to see this happen are there ever any concerns with people trying to be inappropriate and and pass one by you or you know be just a little bit sarcastic or out and out offensive in their quotes or their bios has has that been something that you guys have had to talk about in the lab and the reason that i ask specifically is because a lot of people listening have seen you know those news reports you know that sometimes make national news where somebody you know quotes some nazi or or says something that's incredibly racist and things like that um, how have you guys tackled that to make sure that everything reads really clean? Well, um, specific from this year, cause I, you know, I saw it happen and, yeah. um, the senior bios, they, they're, the deadline for them is like earlier than they have to be in obviously for, for that exact reason. So once we get them, um, Ms. Tricano puts them in like a document and she goes through and reads them and then she gives them to another teacher at the school that, uh, one of the English teachers and she goes through it and reads it. And make sure and make sure that nothing like inappropriate or anything like that is in there. And if there is, then they first what the what Mr. Connor does is um, every senior has to come in and check off all of like the pictures, the clubs, that their activities, and their senior stuff um, to make sure that everything is correct for them. And when they come in, if there's a problem with their quote or bio, Mr. Connor talks to them. And if they don't want to change it, then it just gets taken out. And if they do, then they send in something else and we put it in as easy as that usually. Got it. Got it. Um, so I realized as we've been jumping around a little bit, um, I missed uh, following up on one of the, the coolest uh, design features of your book, which is these sideways spreads. Um, so if you'll join me on Spirit Week on page 26, um, can you unpack or share with the audience a, a little bit about this design decision? Is this something that you guys do every year or had done in the past? Did you have design inspiration for it? Did it present any challenges in design to orient everything, you know, 90 degrees rotated counterclockwise? Take, just take it from the top and, and, and share a little bit about this. Um, I'm pretty sure that this is the first year that we did uh, sideways spreads. And the current events was one of the first ones that was, you know, done for that. And um, I actually helped work on the Spirit Week. So I know it, it was pretty difficult to do this because, you know, we have to watch out for the gutter and we have to make sure everything's like evenly spaced and there's enough room and things like that. And um, it was, this is uh, one of the more difficult ones to do just because like, you know, Spirit Week, there's so many pictures to choose from and it's like, how many is too many, especially for like a sideways spread. And um, it's, it's something that I think 
makes the book kind of pop more because you're going through just looking at all these threads then you see when that's sideways and you kind of like turn your book and then that makes you like want to read it more and like look through it and it just kind of like is a kind of break from like the regular everyday spreads yeah i i i love them and they i mean they hold together they hold on theme um was it was it funny on distribution day i do sorry does the book uh drop in does it come out in may yeah so at uh, distribution day, were you walking around and everybody's holding their books sideways? <laughs> um, well, distribution day, actually, we have everybody come into the gym and they kind of take it. And at that point, they can like kind of look through it. So, you know, looking around, they're all like turning the book, you know, back and forth. And it's kind of funny to see. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can <laughs> I can imagine. Um, tell me, what's what's one of your favorite parts of last year's book that we haven't talked about? What what stood out to you or, or what was something that you were personally involved in that you're proud of? Uh, what what stands out on this one? Um, well, there's actually a couple. Um, there's one that, that actually was like part of the academics. And, you know, academics is also is always like a really hard, like challenging couple of pages to do because, you know, it's the same every year. People sitting down at desks, taking tests, doing things like that. And, um, but it's, you know, it's hard to get those kind of like interesting photos, but it takes a lot more work than people think because you have to email the teachers, then you go in and take, and I, I took most of the pictures just because, you know, I know what I wanted and I went in the days that they told me. And it's always like a really hard picture to take. And, but I think this year it, or last year it was a, it looked good and I was really proud of it. Um, so that, and also the, uh, the Snapchat pages I did, which what it was kind of a challenge, but, um, it was a lot of fun to create and put in and see like the outcome of it. And I was really proud of those pages. Did you guys work from a pretty strict style guide to make sure that everything was on brand and on theme all the way through? Or was this just one person serving as art director and, and they were the gatekeeper on all of it? How did you stay so darn consistent? Uh, well, actually, our editor last year, Sydney, she was amazing. She went through and, you know, no page was sent before she touched it and looked at it and changed every, like changed some things. And so she was the one who went through and made sure everything was the same size, the same font, the right color, everything like that. And, you know, um, the, there's, after the first deadline, the templates are made, but, and you have to use those and those kind of keep it consistent. But, you know, once you start looking at your content, you might think, oh, this is, this can work, but this over here, like, doesn't work for mine. So, you know, you kind of have to like trade things in and like change things, but um, it's a really hard thing to do actually. But you get used to it and it's uh it's just really fun it's it's a hard thing to do but it's good to see after it prints just to see like you know all your hard work pay off absolutely and and again it's it's absolutely gorgeous um when i was reviewing it to get ready for the podcast recording uh, i i really uh, enjoyed the fashion uh, and style spread on page 100 and 101 um it's among the the better uh, that i saw last year and uh, and just looks great uh, the decision to go with uh with theme color of, of the tan and the kind of grayish blue again uh, forgive me I'm, I'm not familiar with you know the series of your past books um do you tend to go to and sorry are these, these are also school colors right or not yeah that's why we they were because 60 years right so that that's a, a just a dead-on obvious uh, and, and and great decision to make um so that, that checks that box. Uh, talk to us maybe about the 2019 book. Are you a little bit more all over the place with color this year or using um, pull colors that, that draw colors out of the, the pictures or what? Um, well, last year's, since last year's book was kind of like a 60th anniversary and kind of like a clean classic kind of like throwback book, this year we're kind of going crazy this year. Um, you know, it's the, it's the 61st, so it's got to stand out and it's got to be different. So we're going with, usually we have uh, two main colors, but now I think we have four. So we're kind of breaking outside the, the box here. And awesome. it's going to be a really fun book. I'm really excited for it. What is, uh, what's challenging you and your staff uh, right now with, uh, with the 2019 book? Um, I would say, mm, you know, getting pictures for like sporting events is always a little bit difficult just because like, 
you know, not everybody wants to go to like a golf match or things like that just because they're like really, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to get pictures, but that's kind of one of the things we're going through now with some pages. Um, and sometimes, but I think mainly we're, we're doing pretty good this year. I think we're sticking to deadlines and we're getting the good, like good content and everything like that. I think it's a really good year for us. That's awesome. I've got just two more questions to, to wrap this up. Um, I, I did give you a preview when we were, were we were warming up. Um, you are uh, another, uh, we're recording this in January, so I've got you as another guest that can commit to a New Year's book uh, resolution, something that, that you want to do better with in 2019 or something you want to leave behind in, in 2018 within the world of your book. Uh, what, what would that be for you, Caroline? Um, I would say... Sometimes in the past we had trouble like sticking to deadlines, but I think this year we we can really like you know get these pages out and have them like on time. I think we're in a good place now that that could totally be achievable achievable for us. Is there something that you've done differently with your leadership or the, in your partnership with Mr. Cano that has led to better productivity uh, on deadline? Well, um, last year I think the uh, the templates were kind of like they came out um, a lot later than um, ours did. So kids didn't have like anything to put their pictures in or put their interviews in. So they were just kind of like waiting for those to happen. And I think um, ours came out a little bit earlier. So they had something to put in and get all their interviews and stuff. So I think we were better off starting off the year. And every time that I've got a student on the Yearbook Wise podcast, um, I ask this question, and I'll ask it of you as well and, and permit you to, to give a shout-out. Uh, what is it that you love about working with Ms. Tricano? <laughs> um, you know, she's just, she's like a second mother to all of us, and she's just a really amazing woman, and she's um, the president of the FSPA, and so she also has, like, a lot of work to do with that. But, you know, we're yes, always she does. her... her we're her number one. She always um, knows like how to fix a page if something's like wrong and things like that. And she's just such a amazing yearbook god. <laughs> and we're just so lucky to have her. She's just amazing in every way. Well, I know that you and I only met uh, about 50 minutes ago, but Caroline, it sounds like she's pretty lucky to have you on her team as well. Uh, you're contributions to the 2018 book and your entire staff's efforts, uh, they really stood out to me. And I, I want to celebrate that and congratulate you on that and uh, wish you every continued success with 2019 and, and beyond. Do you have uh, do you have some college plans laid in yet or are you still figuring all that out? Uh, still figuring it out. I'm waiting to hear from a couple of schools, but I'm thinking probably staying in Florida, just, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps in media and communications, or do you want to go, you know, research dolphins or do something else? Um, I'm thinking science, science and okay. math, but I think your book will always be a part of me, so maybe I can try to get into the student publication at college somehow. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, Caroline Dixon, uh, Editor-in-Chief of the Tigrium 2019, thanks for taking time today on the Your Book Wise podcast, and again, uh, all the best in the future. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me.